I'm Alan Weiss with The Uncomfortable Truth, and today I'm talking about introspection. Now, introspection ought to be good, right? We examine ourselves, we think about who we are. Not so much. I encounter people trying to find out who they are all the time. They spend an an inordinate amount of time trying to figure out who they are. It's an existential quest that leads to existential angst. It's also a huge waste of time. Stop theorizing and start acting. The trouble is, we don't get out on the streets. We don't get into the trenches. We don't engage. And all we do is talk and examine. We navel-gaze. There's a great quote. I don't know who said it. It wasn't I, but it goes like this. Saints engage in lofty introspection while burly sinners run the world. And I think of professors in the halls of academe theorizing and giving their philosophy on how life should be while their students, once out of their class, actually have to live it. If you want a great career, it's not about determining who you are. It's about finding what you're passionate about and what you're great at. And then you figure out a way to monetize that. That's not so difficult, is it? Don't wait for the perfect. Find something you're passionate about and something you're really good at and do it. Would you like an analogy? Most of us marry someone who we're in love with. Now, is that the only person and best person in the world for us in a world of six billion people? Is someone we met at school or someone who lives six blocks away the best possible fit? No, probably not, but good enough. And it works. So why not find something that you're passionate about to a significant degree and something you're great at to a satisfactory degree and pursue that? Make mid-course corrections once you're engaged. Reinvent yourself. I do it all the time. But stop looking for the perfect path. Stop examining who you are and start helping people. Get in the race. Stop worrying about the dirt on your running shoes, other people's equipment, or the way your arms move. Get in the race and run. You know, I tried to learn to play tennis once on a better level. And I had my first lesson with the instructor, which turned out to be my only lesson, because he said, we're going to start with the serve. I'm figuring the serve. You throw the ball up and hit it. Well, there were 10 things he wanted me to memorize about the serve, 10 things he wanted to institutionalize in my muscle memory about the serve, including the way I first bounced the ball and hold it in my hand and toss it up. Forget about it. I want to get out and play tennis. I'm not looking to go to Wimbledon. I never could. So just show me how to throw the ball up and hit it, but stop telling me there are 10 things. The same thing about golf. You'd think you'd have to be a nuclear physicist to figure out all the angles and the trajectory and the power and the torque and all this stuff. Hit the ball and enjoy yourself. Don't stay in the stands just watching the contest. That's what bystanders do. That's when the parade passes you by. You're better off in a 12-person race coming in 12th than you are with a good seat in the stands. It's as simple as that. Your time here, your time on earth, your time in life is exceedingly short. The dinosaurs lived for 129 million years. And they'd still be here if a comet hadn't hit the Yucatan. We'd all be somehow descendants of Tyrannosaurus rex 
or whatever higher forms of reptilian life followed. But they weren't, they didn't disappear because uh, they smoked or because of disease or because they didn't know how to get along with each other. They knew how to fight, they knew how to argue, they knew how to make little dinosaurs. But the fact is, 129 million years is an incomprehensible span. We've been here for tens of thousands, and that's about it. And so the average lifespan in the United States is about 80. It's not that much different in the rest of the developed world. You don't have that much time. And all the time you spend sitting in the stands, and all the time you spend navel-gazing, and all the time you spend considering your angst and who you are, is wasted time. The way to find yourself is to allow others to find you. Ask yourself how you can help others. Ask yourself who the best other people to help are, given your value, given your passion, given your expertise, and then monetize it. Or, if it's an avocation or volunteer work, engage in it. That's fine, too. But you can make mid-course corrections only if you're on the course. You have to be running the race if you decide to change lanes. You don't change lanes from the stands. This isn't about remote control or virtual presence. What value do you provide to which potential buyers? And how do you find them and how do you convince them? And how do you engage in a philosophy that shows you'd be remiss if you didn't try because you have so much value to give? If it's volunteerism and good work, what competence do you have that's most in need? And what good cause can most use it? These aren't difficult considerations. But they get pushed to the back of the line if you're sitting around wondering who the hell you are. We are all in transition, except those who are in ruts. I'm going to say that a different way. We're all in transition except those who are in ruts. Every day provides change. Every day bodes alteration. Except for those who sit around not moving and not wanting to move and just recreating yesterday. And that's not much fun. If you theorize about things, you'll never really know about them. If you engage, you'll know about them instantly. You might be disappointed, you might be wrong, you might suffer defeat. But you can change all that, just as immediately. Professorial, in my book, is not a compliment. Get out of your house, into the streets, and do something. And stop thinking about it. That's the uncomfortable truth.